I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody We will strive for the denazification of the Let me put it to you. Just a concrete. Yes, you If you win by one, you've won. The phone went over the side. He's trying to draw it. I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Welcome to the podcast where each week I, this week with hundreds of assistants, ask the question. That's possibly the world record for the most number of people who have ever shouted, What the fuck is going on at once? Well, no, I'm a Crystal Palace supporter, so no. The, uh... <laughs> When people in the future look back at Britain in 2023, one thing that may confuse them is how the phrase do-gooder became an insult. Ooh, do-gooders. That's the trouble. People doing good. Politicians screaming. The trouble is we've got too many bloody do-gooders interfering with their bloody good. We try our best to be bad, but along come the do-gooders stopping our plans to boost the country by firing air rifles at the elderly or playing or playing baseball with hedgehogs and the head of a council say we had plans to demolish an old people's home to make way for a lap dancing club for traffic Latvians but along in the do-gooders to spoil it all or the government says we tried to bring in a dementia tax to help old people pay for their care and this would have been so useful because the old people would have forgotten they'd paid it and paid it a second time <laughs> bringing extra funds to the economy. But no, once again, the do-gooders got in the way. And this has been the complaint about Gary Lineker. How dare he see families flee in a war and feel compassion for them? That ruins all the plans. So there should be public information films that give advice on raising children that go, if you see your four-year-old child sharing their toys with a friend, just gently take them to one side and say firmly, no! If the other child can't afford their own toys, fuck them. They should get their own effectless twats. Don't let your child grow up to be a do-gooder. Now, one of the complaints, right, that these people often have about other people who come to live here is this is a Christian country, so they should blend in with our Christian values, such as when Jesus said, we should do unto others as we would do if they were wasps. <laughs> and the ones you get in September as well, not the nice wasps, sneaky little fuckers that need a good wallopeth with a newspaper, for only then shall they stop coming over towards us needing stuff. Did you hear about the do-gooder Samaritan? He helped out the starving traveller, so he was suspended from presenting crucifixion of the day. <laughs> And now you get announcements on the underground that go, don't give to beggars. If you wish to help the homeless, tell the homeless person you'd rather give the money to a registered charity and then smack him in the head with a length of pipe. <laughs> car parks are a symbol of this. You used to go to a car park and you'd put a pound in the little thing and get your ticket and put it... But this used to happen quite a lot, didn't it? So, this used to happen quite a lot. You would... You'd find someone and go, oh, mate, I've got 20 minutes left on this. And you go, oh, right. Yeah, that would happen, not it? Or you might do it yourself. Oh, I'd better do it to someone else. And then the car parking fee companies, they've gone, look at the little neighbourly bastards being bloody community-minded and spirited, the little fucking shits sharing out the bloody thing that they've bloody bought with someone else. We'll put a stop to that. So now we'll make them put their whole registration number in. Ha, ha. And then that's not enough. So now you have to put in a bloody pin number that contains seven letters, of which two must be Japanese, and a <laughs> location number, which must be 23 bloody digits, of which four must be recipes for basmati rice. <laughs> and then you have to say your pin number and then say it again, but in a Wolverhampton accent. <laughs> I bloody do-gooders. That'll put a stop to their do-gooding filth. What the came under attack recently for its plans to deport asylum seekers, which I'm sure many of you are uh, aware of. But some people do seem to be concerned about the number of boats arriving on our shores, especially this woman who I heard on a phone-in show. Oh, I'm sick of it, Jeremy. Sick of it. All these boats coming over. I saw it on the telly the other night, thousands of them. 
in different size boats bobbing up and down in black and white. I rang the Coast Guard. He said, you're watching a film about Dunkirk. <laughs> I said, I don't care where they're from. We haven't got room for them. Half of them had guns. <laughs> and what about that film? Everything, everywhere, everybody always at once. What if they want to come here all at once? I've just had my carpets done. <laughs> I saw one of them boats coming into Portsmouth the other day, hundreds of them on it. I rang the Admiral of the Fleet. He said, I can't torpedo it, it's the Isle of Wight Ferry. <laughs> I said, oh, any excuse. I suppose there's a civil war going on, is there? Ventnor's invaded Shanklin and now we're supposed to have them all here. I'm sick of it, Jeremy. And what about these geese, eh? Flying out to other countries and changing their mind and wanting to fly back. They're like Shamima Begum. <laughs> We should make them stay in Belgium or wherever it is they go. Onk over there, see how they like it. Sick of it, Jeremy. And that tide's the same, isn't it? Out it goes, back it comes, out it goes, back it comes. If it don't know where it wants to be, it should stay in France. I'm sick of it, Jeremy, sick of it. What the fuck is going Now, as anybody knows who has ever even tried to find out what the fuck is going on, you know, you can't do it on your own. It's like, uh, you know, like walking across the desert. I don't know why I picked that particular analogy. But uh, you do need expert help. Um, but we haven't got that. But we have got <laughs> someone who has been a marvellous friend to me and to the show. Please welcome Mr. Sean Walsh. Hello. This is marvellous. This is the nearest you get to being like a proper chat show host. I mean, I feel like, like Parkinson. My next guest is someone that you may have seen over the years in a variety <laughs> of roles and in various, uh, some successful, some less successful uh, <laughs> reality shows <laughs> indulging. Thank you for having me. Um, I came from north of the river, so it's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, oh, so many brilliant things you've done, but yeah. one of the things that, that probably that most people will have seen you on is uh, in a in the <laughs> I'm a celebrity jungle. Yes, which my dad, uh, who's from Ireland, and my dad would still to this day go, Shana, you fucking hell, you did well in in um, in, in the garden. <laughs> 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 a really low budget, <laughs> a really low budget one where they just do it in one of the garden of the producer <laughs> on Channel Five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So I did do that. So the first thing many people will have. Uh, I mean, people saw Sean on it. Yeah. One of the first things. So enthusiastic. Your... Look at that over the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember hearing yeah. uh, that Matt Hancock was going yeah. on it. And very quickly, I sent you a text, but it was too late, obviously. So, because you'd already... So, you go into this isolation period where yeah. they, they fly you off to Australia and then you get put in, in lockdown, ironically, yeah. for about... Yeah. Um, for about, I don't know, I was in there for nine days and, then, and they take away your phone. So, I, I had absolutely no idea. And at that point, there weren't any rumours... There, there was nothing. So that, so my reaction and seeing him for the first time was, well, I'll tell you what actually I thought is I was stood there, for those of you that didn't watch it, the other campmates, as, as, as they're labelled, weren't there. They'd got, I don't know, they'd gone on a trip or something. And so I'm in the camp on my own thinking what's going on and Hancock appears from the bushes and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And I thought, oh, at least there's someone I can beat. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then somehow he came first, which was remarkable, do you really. Think, do you think he had a whole PR team, though? I mean, they're used to sort of running elections, aren't they? Do you think, oh, maybe, I wonder if maybe his PR team, I wonder if the Conservative Party went round banning, <laughs> introducing voter identity cards and stuff so that you couldn't vote unless you were... I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't fucking know. We were just in there, and it was. It have you was any mad. idea? Are you sort of so? If you, when you're in sort of like that, are you thinking? Do you sort of think? I wonder how this is going down at home. I wonder if people are thinking, "Oh yeah, Sean's really funny," or are they just thinking, "He's fucking mad." Well, the thing. What, what's what? Like, what is surreal about the the whole experience? 
and how much people buy into the show. You know, people really buy into what that is and the story. So I have people coming up to me because everyone wants to know what first thing is. You, you think oh, they're probably going to ask for a selfie. They come in and just go, what's Hancock like? What's that? That's all anyone wants to know. And uh, this is how much people buy into the program is they go, look, you know, a fucking, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all right, those people in the care homes, yeah, the fucking lockdown, you know, that, that didn't fucking work out, didn't go down well, and he, you know, he shouldn't have been fucking, you know, cheating on his missus while she's telling everyone else they're not allowed to go anywhere. You know, he's, he's fucked up a lot, but he did well in the trials. <laughs> <laughs> he got the stars. I wonder who... So that's how you can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I reckon if Putin next year went on it... Yes. I think he'd be... Absolutely. Oh, my, I'm so happy to have got the seven stars. And people go, oh, yeah, fuck it. I'll tell you what, Ukraine and all that, the shelling and all that fucking nuclear missiles. But give him his due, he fucking hung upside down from a tree with a fucking maggot in his mouth. A hundred (laughs) percent. Definitely. Hitler would be doing Strictly as well. <laughs> Hitler doing the Pasta Doble. Aye! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it, uh, so it was very surreal. The, the, the most surreal thing, because people go like, well, you know, how str- what, what's strange that happened in the jungle? But actually, the most surreal thing happened on, on, the, on the night of the end of the series, when all of the campmates were out of the, the jungle, we had all agreed to, <laughs> to have dinner. Yeah, and uh, you know, downstairs in, in the hotel. So it turned out that uh, Hancock was was staying on my floor, and uh, we had agreed to meet at the lifts to go down. And what you might not know is that like, the paparazzi mm. book rooms in the hotel. Every series, they book the rooms in the hotel so that they can get photos, so they can try and get stories on the people in the show. And so, uh, obviously, Matt, Matt leaves his room first to meet me at the lifts, and I get a WhatsApp from Matt Hancock, which is already surreal. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? My phone lights up, yeah. and it's, it's Matt... <laughs> fucking Matt yeah, Hancock. That is very... That is yeah. wrong here. It's very strange. And I, I look, and uh, he says, oh, the, the paparazzi are at the lifts. And, and I, you know, I'm new to all of this, and, uh, and I go, well, what should I do? And he said, um, stay in, and I'll tell you when it's safe to come out. And I thought, fuck me, Hancock's put me in lockdown again. <laughs> <laughs> so surreal. <laughs> Didn't he come to your show at the Soul Theatre and someone was... He did come to the... He came to the... the so when we came, I came out, he came to the show that Boy mm. George went right. to. So Boy George and, and Matt Hancock came to a small show I did at the Soho, Soho Theatre. And... Um, <laughs> obviously, it was, it was smaller than this, I think, half, half the size. And I thought, you're, you know, you're going to do your show and you're aware that he's there. But, that, you know, that's going to disturb the show. And also... Someone could heckle, you know, heckle about Matt during my show. And that's all fine. That's absolutely fine. But really, you want to own that and you want to be the first one to make a joke about that. But you need to know if all of the audience are aware that he's there. You need to know that. So before the the show started, I said to the usher, "Is is it clear that... To everyone that Hancock is in this room, and she said, "Yeah, he's been, he's been doing selfies with the audience." <laughs> okay, fine, right, okay, right, good. So, okay, the audience know then, and um, I went out to my, uh, the, you know, the music comes on, and I came out, and the tech had fucked up the music, which, when you're doing stand-up, really, the beginning is, yeah, you know, yeah, it's very important. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and you have to kind of think, think quickly. How do, and I thought, well, what I'll do is I want the start to... I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do the start again. I don't want to start the show like yeah, yeah. that. So what I'll do is I go, we, I kind of go, we can't have that, can we? We can't have the show start badly. And I thought, I'll just say, we've got Matt Hancock in. <laughs> and that will get a kind of cheer or a pantomime boo. And we'll be able to continue. We've got Matt Hancock in. And that happened. What I thought would happen, happen. That's fine. I walk off. When I come back on... <laughs> What, what I quite naively hadn't foreseen is that one of the audience members would be going, you're a fucking cunt. You're a fucking cunt. You're an absolute cunt. And I'm stood there like, okay, no, I don't know about what to do about this. And it, 
And, uh, and I went, oh, come on, mate. It's a, you know, it's a comedy, it's a comedy show. And he went, you're a fucking cunt for letting him in here. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, quite. Uh, and, I can't let all these people go, oh, leave it out, mate. You know, I've got it's a comedy show. <laughs> and finally, and, and actually, because this got reported in the papers, and the one line that didn't get reported was, you're a mass murderer. <laughs> right, which is quite a tough line to come back from. Um, and, when he, and then the guy left, and I said, that's the last time I'm inviting my dad to the show. Right, which is <laughs> fine, and that's, you know, and they, and, and they enjoyed that. But... From a human point of view, you've got to understand, and I, and I totally appreciate, totally appreciate what, what you know, that people have their, their opinions of, of what happened. Of course I do. But I'm, I've done this game show with this guy who's been perfectly pleasant, uh, you know, in the show, certainly to me, and, and he's come to the show... And, and when you hear, when you're actually in the room and you see someone shouting that at someone and shouting they're a mass murderer, you, well, I, certainly I can't help feel fucking awful for that person, you know. And so the whole show, I'm doing this show and I'm just thinking, God, I hope he's okay. That was be, you know, imagine that was you. Someone you fucking mass murderer. <laughs> you know, like, oh, God Christ. And I've, you know, I've been at that uh, end of the public, you know, know how awful it is. And so I, 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 at the end of the show, and I go upstairs, people are walking out, thanking them for coming. And uh, I, you know, I think to myself, I don't care if anyone sees me hug this guy now. I don't care if the paparazzi get a photo. That was just awful. I, 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 I've got to just let him know that I hope he's okay. And I, he came out and he went, like, hello. And I hugged him and I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I, I, are you okay? And I looked at him and he went, oh, what? Oh, what that? Yeah, happens all the time. <laughs> Just fucking bulletproof. <laughs> you're a cunt, you're a mass murderer. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> we should be all going to do it later, if it's not going to bother him. <laughs> <laughs> the pre I'll tell you, the pre I met King Charles when I did the Royal Variety performance. You met him? Yes, and I did, I, I, I had, a, I'd had a terrible gig. Normally, if it's a big TV gig, I, I have a good time, but the, I was younger, and the Royal Variety performance is a different gig. You're, you're talking to you know, a couple of thousand people in tuxedos, and they're watching a variety of, of acts, different acts, you know, not just stand-up comedy. It's that, that dance, you know, people... What's all the stuff? I've never been asked. I feel a little bit offended, I think. <laughs> That bit I did at the beginning would go well with them, I think they'd, I think they'd like it. <laughs> but, but he, but he, so I had a rush, an absolute shocker, and you feel terrible. And just, I'm stood in the lineup, and I just want to go. I just want to go. And afterwards, you have to stand in the lineup and, and meet them. Oh, and it's, it's, it's yeah. Normally, if you had a bad gig, you fuck off home. Yeah. But you have a bad gig at the royalty. Royal variety performance. You don't have to meet the royal family <laughs> who have watched you die. And I'm stood there. And he's getting near. He's walked past uh, um, Mary J. Blige. I remember was there. Oh, and he's getting close to me. I thought, oh, this is going to be fucking humiliating. And of course, he's going to have to say, "Well done. I enjoyed that." And I'm going to have to say, "You know, thank you." Whatever you said, Your Highness. I don't know. I can't remember. But you know, I'm going to have to go. Thank you very much. And we're both going to know that that's a lie. I'm dreading it. And, and he got to me and he leant in and he went, don't worry about that lot, bunch of toffs. <laughs> really? It really made me laugh. Yeah, that's, that's quite endearing. It is very endearing. A bunch of cunts would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute cunt. <constantly. laughs> uh, yeah. I right. Uh, I think that of all of the uh, of of all the sort of comics that the every comic adds routines about the European Union, and some of them sort of had various sort of like things that were like, some of them were very passionate about it and sometimes they get in a pickle and you know one or two comics that we know they'd sort of go up to Stoke or something and they do a routine and they get booed off or something yes. because they were in a Brexity place but I think the the 
the comment from a comic, I think your comment that you saw, that, you, that I saw you do, was the definitive argument about the referendum when you were well, talking about the, your mates. What I didn't understand is why I had... Why, why, I suppose we were asked to make a decision on such a big political decision. That, for me, was the... Hmm. the I thought, what the fuck are you getting me involved? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I genuinely once lost a kettle. <laughs> and you're asking me if the United Kingdom should leave the European fucking Union. I know all of the words to Ghostbusters 2. I do not know the answer to that question. I don't... And I just think about, like, my... Fr I've got a friend, my, one of my best friends, Robin. He... <laughs> in our 20s, he... Um, he was making soup, a spilt soup on the cord for the kettle, the cord that goes into the kettle, and he, he, he licked the soup <laughs> off the end of the kettle, and he electrocuted himself, right? <laughs> he had a say in whether the United Kingdom <laughs> could leave the European Union, right? Here you go. I've got a mate, again, all true. I've got a mate called Bread Tom. Reason he's called Bread Tom? Run out of toilet paper, wiped his ass with bread. <laughs> he had a say in whether the United Kingdom should leave the European Union. That would be... Actually, what, this is the... Yeah, go on. Well, just my final point on this, and this is the... Again, you don't have to know anything about politics. And, and the fact that it's still... We're still talking about it. We're not just still talking about it because you've brought up that I used to talk about it. It's, it's still there. Yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. on the radio. It's still in the papers. And you can't, it's like when you, you know, when you watched, you used to watch, you got into a series in the first few series and, and you kind of, you leave the programme, you forget about it, you move on with your life. And then someone says they're still watching it. And he goes, that's still going. They go, yeah, it's on season 11. You go, fuck it out. I had no idea that's still going. Brexit's still going. <laughs> and you don't, you don't have to know anything to know that it's not working because... What started off, right, as a promise on a side of a bus of £350 million to the NHS on a weekly basis, right, has ended up as, we've run out of tomatoes. <laughs> 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 We've run out of tomatoes. That's it. It's the, it's the political slogan of the day. Yes, yeah. Sean Walsh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Wait, do I go now? Thank you so much. I have to say thank you so much to all of you uh, who are supporting us on Patreon. And it's because of you wonderful Patreon people. This is how it works as people. I don't know. I don't really understand it. But anyway, you can do that. I have to say that every week I have to say this on the podcast and I haven't got a clue I might be calling for nuclear destruction. Uh, if you would like to join these wonderful, virtuous, radiant people for as little as £2 a month, follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on or to really know what's going on for four pounds a month you'll get a longer ad free version of the episode people have to do there's adverts i don't know what the adverts are on this thing and sometimes people go mark are you aware that there's like saudi arabian petrochemicals companies who are saying who are uh, advertising on your you know and why, why not come and join the brazilian police and things like that <laughs> Are you sick of these wankers going on about climate change? Come on, a, come on a holiday to the Amazon forest and saw down some trees for no reason. Uh, also, you will get extended interviews and bonus sketches. This week, you get the whole live show. Also, you get the episodes on Friday nights, unlike everybody else who has to crawl around in the mud forlornly waiting for the Saturday morning to come, to the sunrise when it comes out. And so, go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is coming in. Go, no, what the don't put that. That'll be something entirely. What the F is coming in? <laughs> a really, really angry fisherman. Oh, what the fucking's coming in here? That's a fucking load of old fucking shite, old fucking alley bird. We're supposed to be getting fucking octopus. <laughs> <laughs> to join the WTF community. As you know, we like to get all sorts of views on this podcast. 
So we're very honoured to have with us tonight the master of gently teasing out opinions, Mike Concrete. Right. With me now is uh, Kieran Malley. Here he comes. He claims to be an Irish, uh, an Irish cheese farmer. I am an Irish cheese farmer, Mike. Yeah. Well, he was uh, on a show a couple of weeks ago, and now I've been told I've got to apologise for breaking the broadcasting standards, something or other. What a song and dance, if you're allowed to say song and dance these days without offending singers and dancers. Although, let's face it, they're probably all queer anyway. <laughs> Afternoon, Kieran. Sorry to drag you out of bed again, mate. Uh, I've been up since six this morning, Mike. Oh, I'll see you on the lash, will you? Won't in a ditch, ha! <laughs> <laughs> well, if you remember, Mike, I don't drink. Uh, anyway, I feel we're in danger of going down the same route. We uh, I don't time. know what the world's coming to when you can't joke about an Irishman liking a drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, was, it wasn't so much that, Mike. It, it was the fact that you accused me of, of being in the IRA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You asked me if my cheese was real cheese, continuity cheese, or provisional cheese. Uh, yeah. yeah, which one was it? It wasn't any of the mic. I'm a farmer. Uh, that's what you're supposed to be apologising for. Apologise? What are you going to apologise for making exploding cheese? <laughs> you're, you're doing it again, Mike. I mean, you can't even call someone a murdering terrorist these days without someone being offended. Uh, well, quite a few people did get offended now, Mike. Uh, in fact, there, there was a couple of protests there uh, and a counter-protest and a lot kicked off. And uh, unfortunately, uh, a couple of people were killed there. Uh, <laughs> Why well, can't the Irish take a joke anymore? Here, do you hear about the Irish Sea Scout? He sunk his tent. <laughs> Your views now, they, they, I think they're quite offensive and they belong in the 19th century. Even, even the British government has managed to apologise for some of the things that happened over here. And I think maybe you need to do a bit of catching up there. Oh, so. here we go. You'll be singing Boys of the Old Brigade and going around with a bucket in a minute. I'm a respected journalist. I don't have to sit here talking to a drunken terrorist. At least the Muslim ones stay off the Guinness. <laughs> My calling me a drunken terrorist is not an apology. Yes, it is. <laughs> See ya, Kieran. That's enough of that, idiot. No wonder there's a woman in charge of Finland. Here's Anne Widdicombe with today's horoscope. <laughs> We come to the highlight of any podcast, of any day, the announcements. Uh, we are played by, by announcements and announcements. This is what Keir Starmer should be fighting for, an end to announcements on trains and buses and everything. And when you go to see a kid at the bloody doing some awful play at school and out comes the teacher at the end, you think, thank God I'm going to be able to go. And instead they go, now, first of all, let us say, wasn't Mr. Armitage absolutely wonderful? He played the piano so beautifully. Oh, fucking shut up and just let us go. <laughs> So I don't want to do it. One of the announcements for many weeks is don't forget to come to the live podcast, but uh, you're here, so at least you're spared that one. I'm doing some live shows up and down the country and go on a website. Go put, just go on, have a look on whatever town you think I may be in, Oswestry, Tring, and, uh, and see... South of the river. Well, Oswestry and Tring are both north of the river. <laughs> <laughs> People do do that, even in Oswestry and Swing. Why aren't you coming to Oswestry? And I go, I am coming to Oswestry. Yeah, but the other side of Oswestry, the other the bloody bit, the other side of the river in Oswestry. Uh, but also, uh, are there any other announcements? No, there are no other announcements. And so I would like you to give a huge round of applause, please, to Angela Barnes, who's going to help us to answer some of the questions. <laughs> so we've been given some questions. I've dropped one of them. Oh, you know, you were just saying about when you when you talk about your tour shows and people go, um, "Why aren't you coming to?" I genuinely had one the other day. I put up a thing about I'm on tour at the minute. Tickets are really available, and um, <laughs> this woman went, "Oh, I wish you played a pub in my village." <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> and if you did play that pub in the village, you go, oh, I'm out that night. Yeah, yeah. Can you come back I'm, tomorrow? Yeah, I'm round at, <laughs> I'm round at uh, Don and Barbara's. By the way, can I say, I am on tour at the moment, and um, if Matt Hancock comes to my show, you're, you could call him a cunt as much as you like. That's fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to... Hang on a minute. I've just got to do a bit of admin. Yeah. Is Slick this, isn't it? <laughs> this is... Loving it. So this is... The thing is, people love this in podcast now. If you did one that was really slick and professional, people would go, it's very disappointing. <laughs> I, I'd prefer to go one where that, you know, they, we went on the wrong day, you know. Yeah, oh, God, it's under the chair. <laughs> on a bit of card, like it's 1951. <laughs> what a podcast would be like if they'd been invented in 1951. And now David Jacobs with What's Happened in This Week's News. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise. I appear to have dropped my card underneath the chair. <laughs> it's under the chair, Mr. Jacobs. <laughs> now, the first question concerns Anthony Eden as Foreign Secretary. <laughs> do you think it's right and proper that someone with such a moustache should be able to go and meet some of the people who run India? God bless them. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The first question, I don't know who it's from. It just says, well, it doesn't even say what the fuck is going on, but they, all the questions you know, but, uh, start automatically with that. With Donald Trump being arrested. Now, uh, I, uh, what, I don't really understand uh, what he's being arrested for. Well, just, it's like the old Al Capone taxing, isn't it? They've got to get him for something. Yes. So I think they're getting him for the Stormy Daniels affair. Yes. Thing and I love uh, Stormy Daniels. Wasn't there some FBI raid back in it, and they were trying to find out information about what happened? And I thought Stormy Daniels, her bank account would be well easy to get into, will it? Because you already know her mother's maiden name and the name of her first pet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but of all the things, this man was just an <laughs> utterly hideous human being who, like, boasted about grabbing women by the pussy and building walls and putting babies Sight in cages. people to storm the capital. Sight people to storm the capital, advise people in the middle of the worst health crisis in bloody Western history to drink bleach, was utterly fucking foul, ridiculous and men. And they're getting him on this. That's worse than the Al Capone. They'd be like, if, oh, do you know, here, Hitler's been arrested because he bloody walked across a cycle lane. <laughs> I don't want him to be arrested for this. Well, hopefully that's just the start. Like, they've just got to get him for something, haven't they? And then... Right. I don't know. I'm just bored of it. I'm so... It's how long ago... We've, I just, at least Bush had the decency to fuck off when he was done. And not... Whenever I see Donald Trump... On the telly, I get the same thought as I get when I have a really painful bikini wax. I think, well, Bush wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, now, Wendy says, what the fuck is going on when practically anything can be delivered to your door except post by the Royal Mail? <laughs> I, uh, but that's the most boomer thing I've ever heard in my life. That, that has summed up your listenership perfectly, that has, Mark. I know most of the questions most weeks are, where is my remote control? <laughs> what, the next one, what did I come in here for? <laughs> Do I like potatoes? <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a bit, isn't it? Um... What uh, what I think is real uh, is terrible as well when you get a delivery and then you have to review the delivery before it's gone anywhere. Before you've yeah, what that who has got the time to review the not even the thing? I've got to review the thing and the handing over of the thing and it's like everything. You get all these emails now. Oh, we noticed last week you bought a Kit Kat. Would you like to review it? And I, <laughs> And, yeah, why do you have to we, review the delivery? We have to review everything now. There's only two things in life I actually want reviews, and they don't exist, right? What I want... I'm buying a house at the minute, and what I want is a trip advisor for neighbours. 
Oh, yeah. Because that's the only thing you can't find out about an area, isn't it? It's like, and you try yes. and find, why are you moving? And they're never going to say, because next door's a cunt, are they? They're never going to say that. Absolutely. A- absolutely. Because you spend all that money on bloody um, uh, surveys to say, oh, there's a bit of damp there and there's mm. something that's a bit of undulating land and all that. But that none of that matters as much as the fact that your neighbours are nudists oh. Who, oh. <laughs> who ride a quad bike around their garden. <laughs> If only, and, own a, and own a Zeppelin. We, we, <laughs> and, a, and a tiger. <laughs> We've got this neighbour on our street, right, who, who he takes it upon himself. If he doesn't like the way you've parked your car, it'll leave, like, just an expletive-ridden note on your car. He's horrible. He's vulnerable. Oh. No-one likes him. Everyone knows who he is at number three. Talking about you, John. And... <laughs> Everyone hates him, right? And a couple of years ago, we found out they put up a mobile phone mast on our street, and it was right outside his house. It was going up. So he put a note through everyone's door going, we need to protest this. It's going to bring down the value of my house. And literally, all the neighbours got together, and we wrote an email to the council that said, we are so excited about our super-fast broadband. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the new phone mask. So it will come and bite you in your arse if you're an arsehole. Yeah. (laughs) I've got a lovely neighbour, but she's she's quite... um... Uh, she's quite erratic and uh, she's very old bless her she's actually really sweet and um, sometimes she's oh god she's she's brilliant she's sort of and sometimes she talks from Dublin she calls, she calls you over. Mark, Mark, Mark. I caught the little lot. She swears like no one. I've never... Mark, it's about 88 or something. Mark, I caught the little fucking dog that fucking shits on the fucking street, the little fucking idiot. <laughs> and, uh, and then one day... One day she uh, she sellotaped a note written in blue felt pen on my wheelie bin saying, just because Mark Steele's on the telly sometimes, he thinks he can leave his wheelie bin in the middle of the... <laughs> Now, Mr. John O'Farrell, who has indeed been on this podcast, has sent a, has sent a question. If Buzz Lightyear really thinks he's a space ranger, why does he play dead when all the humans appear? <laughs> what a- I love about this is John O'Farrell, if you don't know, he's a writer. and he, I do a podcast with him. Uh, it's called We Are History. Do download it. Um, but he also, he wrote Chicken Run, didn't he? And he's writing Chicken Run too. And I feel mm. like he's just trying to throw shade on Toy Story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the, picking all the, the all the holes in the picking all the many holes in the plot. There are a number of other holes in the plot <laughs> in which a series of children's toys come to life whenever the humans aren't there. There's probably a number of things if you were to be really, really pernickety about it. Like, doesn't I think we were just talking about this? I think Woody runs after. He runs after a truck. My lad was saying that he actually is fired by... But even if you were fired by a toy firework thing, that this is the sort of thing is Brian it? Cox ought to be investigating. <laughs> if we got if that? you look at the velocity of Buzz Lightyear, it would suggest that he would find out quickly that it wasn't possible for him to be an actual space ranger. LAUGHTER uh, cynical that we're just going to tear apart <laughs> children's yeah. books. Do you know what? I don't reckon a wolf could blow down a house. <laughs> no. I watch Teletubbies and the sun comes up and after about six minutes it goes back down again. I mean, where, where are they? Are they in Iceland in the middle of December? It's got a baby's face in the middle of it. <laughs> um... But, yeah, I'm sure there are other things. Bob the Builder says, yes, he can, without even asking what what the question is. It might be something that is way too complicated for his simple precision tools. What if they were saying, can you fix HS2? And there's one here which, uh, well, you can offer your, your opinion on this, Andrew, you're quite welcome to, but I think maybe we should leave it. We could, we'll certainly get a, 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 another opinion on it later. Why is your son so bad at the quiz on the Footballs on Football show? Now, for people who don't know this show, which is everyone, uh, <laughs> there's a programme of BT Sport called The Footballs On, and it, you only really see it in pubs because it comes on in the, you know, with the sound off. And uh, Elliot's on it, and he's 
apparently you know, and he's quite he's quite animated about how he doesn't he gets very cross. Well, I mean, you're asking me about foot. You're staring at me like it's a football question. I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Let's let's see how you would okay. do on the okay. footballs we... on quiz. All right, test me on a football quiz. Let's see. Okay, who won the World Cup in December? <laughs> I know it wasn't us. Okay. Oh, that France. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. No, it's no. Uh, um, it was Argentina. Oh. Uh, did, did you all know that? Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm going to pretend it's that I boycotted it for political reasons and not that I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's, um, oh, okay. Who does Harry Kane play for? England. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong, am I? <laughs> no, that's brilliant. I, no, I think that's. Re- I think it's really, really impressive. Shall I ask you some questions about Formula One? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Oh, the trouble is, I probably, I, I might know. Go on. No. Okay, uh, who are the current driver pairing for Aston Martin? Oh, because you t- a bloke called Checo. You told me no, earlier. No, he's Red Bull. This is oh, great. This is great. You shouldn't podcast. be allowed to drive on Red Bull. That's an unfair advantage, surely. Because <laughs> he's got wings. <laughs> Alonso. Alonso is one of them. Yeah. He won it a few years ago as well, didn't he? He's or is that a different Alonso? Times. Right. Yeah. Oh God. That's yeah. That was uh, well. That was I was on pointless the other day, and the the uh, and when the and it was a sports question for the jackpot, and uh, that is terrifying because I thought if it you know if it was a question about ancient Greece or flowers or something, I'd think, oh well. But I thought if I get this wrong, <laughs> I will have to go and live in the in the desert somewhere in Wyoming. I couldn't live with myself if I got it got it wrong, a pointless thing. I mean, your sport is... I mean, it's silly. And yeah, it's stupid, yeah. What was it you were watching in the Olympics that... You... Oh, the curling, the, the Winter Olympics, the curling, the bat, anything. The fencing. <laughs> I can't believe no one watches the fencing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought people putting up fences. No. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, uh, when the equestrian was on during the last Olympics, so I wish I'd thought of this, but it was someone else. I can't remember who it was. If you're listening, bless you. Wrote on Twitter when the Twitter when the equestrian was on. And what a lot of people don't understand is, for a lot of poor kids, equestrian is the only way out of the ghetto. <laughs> 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 I, um, I once did a, an after dinner at the Duke of Edinburgh's Polo Club. Wow. What can only be described as a spectacular piece of misbooking. <laughs> uh, I think mean, at the same time, Sir Stephen Redgrave was getting booed off stage at the Funny Bucket in Croydon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> dinner with them and they were trying to persuade me that polo was open to the working classes and then I said I said to one guy I said how many horses do you take with you to each match he said ten I was like you know, he's coming out the pits miners you're coming down for a pint now I've got practice with polo mate that's and, yeah. and the other thing about equestrian while you talk about but do you remember ages ago Frankie Dettori mm. he got done for drugs right I was in horse racing. Wouldn't it make more sense to drug the horse? Unless <laughs> <laughs> you're planning on carrying that thing to the finishing line. I don't know. Just yeah, so with the horse. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happens, though, don't you? If you drug the horse and the rider, dressage. <laughs> Angela Barnes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Possible to work out what the fuck is going on without without the voice of the youth, and um, sadly I don't have the voice of the youth because my own son is 26, and so he's now sort of like got people younger than him going. Oh, what's the matter with you not even working out on this fucking thing going all that? He hates it when I do that. <laughs> so I would like to introduce the nearest I have in my life to anyone who's vaguely youthful, Elliot Steele. Never do that voice again. No, that was, that was that awful. You're so, you're so lucky your audience isn't diverse, otherwise there'd be a lot of tweets about that. <laughs> that was borderline racist. 
Way over the border, I would have said. <laughs> Halfway to Mexico, that was. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to do the rest of the show in, as a Rastafarian. <laughs> Bruv. Oh, no. Oh, no. Look, these guys won't realise that. My brethren come to talk to me about... A, a, lot get, a, lot, a lot gets edited out of the actual podcast. The last thing we need is more witnesses. <laughs> a bit that did well on this podcast a while ago was when I, I talked about doing acid and you had no idea. I thought before the show, do you know what would be really funny? Is if I did an edible and came and did the, did the podcast... And, uh, and I'm sat here and I've gone, that was a really fucking stupid idea. <laughs> For people who don't know, and I have become familiar with this, an edible is like a Haribo, but it's full of dope. So, you know, again, people of my it, generation... Dope's heroin. No, dope, weed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope, but dope means heroin. Don't Does say it? that, because then everyone's going to go away and go, right, Mark's a, Mark really is fucking liberal. <laughs> Have all the words changed? <laughs> Don't do this to me now, Dad. That's why I've been cancelled from the BBC and I'm, <laughs> and I'm due to be at the Hague on Monday. <laughs> no, so... Uh, oh, right, but dope... But dope. So dope. What do people think here? Do dope, dope means weed, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but you're all like 75, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of course they're all going to think that. From the river, it's North of the river, it's cannabis. Yeah. Right, just, it's just cannabis. cannabis. Oh, right. Well, we- Google's wrong as well sometimes. <laughs> oh, no, I've been beaten by the only thing I love, technology. <laughs> well, I'm fascinated then. So what, heroin... It's heroin now. Oh, oh there we go. Wow, that's amazing. So dope is now, but we'd have called that smack. Wow. (laughs) Do you know, it's a wonder this isn't on Radio 4, this podcast. And really, and and now, and after Gardener's Question Time, modern drug slang with with, really makes with you... Melvin Bragg and Sandy Toxvik. Good afternoon. Today we're discussing ecstasy. Now, is it E or is it Whiz? Oh, everyone calls that. Everyone calls that uh, Mandy now. Oh, Mandy. Yeah, right. Mandy. And what's yeah. MDMA? That's Mandy. No one does ecstasy. Oh, it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but like, oh, 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 not that I know. But, yeah, do you know what? You're right. Fuck it. <laughs> um, no, because ecstasy is like a tablet, so I'm told. <laughs> and MDMA would be more like a, a crystallised form. So I'm told, allegedly. So, and, uh, Have you ever done ecstasy? Have I ever done ecstasy? Yeah. Yes. Once. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> I did it once. And I, this is why, when the sort of politicians used to go, well, I did it once and I didn't like it. So and I think, oh, what a lie. No, so I didn't like that. wouldn't make sense if you're going to do a drug. Like saying, oh, oh I t- have you ever eaten anything? Well, I, t- I ate something once and I didn't like it. So I didn't eat anything else. It didn't make any sense. So I did, I, uh, I did ecstasy once. And I did like it, and I never did it again. Because <laughs> I've, I've done it once, that's enough. Right, so, but yeah, so that's like now, now that would be called uh, Mandy, and it's like in a crystallised form, because uh, nobody, the pills kept coming, no one knew what was in the pills anymore. So they had to like find a new thing, and now there's these crystals, and it's not that anyone really knows what's in that either, but I just, <laughs> just, just the guy who sells it to you, it just sounds a bit safer. <laughs> See, what, see, the marvellous thing about this podcast is while you're laughing, you're learning as well. <laughs> <laughs> How many people now are going to be able to get the right drug for, the, for next weekend? Thank God for that. I thought I was going to be out of my box on, on ketamine <laughs> when I was hoping to stay up all night and then I ended up sleeping to Thursday. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't take ketamine to stay up all night. No, no, exactly. Yeah, That's right, the point. Yeah. That's why I say that, yeah. You'd have been, it would have to be the wrong thing. You ever done ketamine? Please say no. Yeah, it's not for no. me. Uh, well, I, did, I didn't ever really get the point of it. Like, I did... A bump. A bump. 
A little bump? Is a bit like ecstasy. Like, what, yeah. do you just do like a key or something? <laughs> when, what the fuck is this audience? Because, like, <laughs> half of you still think Jeremy Corbyn's going to come back. <laughs> and the other half are like, oh, let's just all go do a load of blow or something. I can't ever read my dad's crowd. <laughs> There's, all, definitely... there's always some like old dude who looks like Noam Chomsky who turns out it's just on acid all the time. <laughs> or then it's just some like real lovely liberal person. I can't. Well, when you know, 26 and a bit years ago when you were born that night, I, I, there were many thoughts went through my head, but none of them were. Eventually, we'll be able to sit on stage in front of hundreds of people talking about which drugs you've taken. <laughs> I don't know what anything is. What's blow? Cocaine. cocaine. That's cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> have you been have people given I, you blow? I've been having the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've been up think, since <laughs> April. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine anything else like this. If fucking if food was like this, you went, oh, do you know what? I've been wondering why my, my, my eggs have been rather washy, and it turns out egg is now coffee. <laughs> I... yeah. You don't get this on Alistair Campbell's podcast. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much. Well, I see. I, I think you know. What are we supposed to do? Inform, educate, and entertain, and we have done that with the voice of the youth, Mr. Elliot Steele. <laughs> We were going to hope that Mark Steele was going to read out the end credits, but unfortunately, he's out with a hamstring injury. So instead, here's deceased Yorkshire cricketer Fred Truman. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, what do you call them end credits? I don't call them end credits, do you? I mean, oh, I mean, we used to have proper end credits. MGM, location engineers. We had fourth stuntmen, wardrobe consultants also. And it was MGM in them days, so there was a lion. And I mean, if you got it wrong, then I mean, it would just chew your arm off. And you know, we weren't allowed to see out. Otherwise, you'd do the other one. But I mean, we didn't, we just carried on. We didn't bother about it. I mean, it's like, oh, that with medicine these days. I mean, what do you call it? These bloody stupid, you know, vaccinations. I don't call them vaccinations. One little prick and away they go. I mean, in my day for a vaccination, you were stood in a field and Fatima Whitbread would dip a javelin <laughs> into a bucket of vaccine and hurl it at you from 45 yards. I mean, when it went in your arm, you did not flinch or Jeff Cape to chuck a shot put at you. I'll tell you that for now. But I mean, nowadays, medicines and they make cherry, bloody, whatnot, sugary things out of them. And I mean, you know, I mean, the whole point of medicine is it's supposed to make you more miserable than the illness in the first place. I mean, that's the whole point of it. But I don't know, I don't know where we're going here. But anyway, I suppose I've got to do it. Oh, God, what the fuck is going on? It was hosted by Mark Steele with his guest, Sean Walsh. I don't call that a Sean. I mean, we had proper Seans in the old days. I mean, we really were. I mean, Angela Barnes and Elliot Steele, and they were written by Mark Steele and Peter. Got music. Music, I don't call that music. I mean, we, we used to have Engelbert Humperdinck. I mean, he, he used to move a bloody good wicketkeeper as well. And uh, it was produced by Mike Benwell. What the fuck is going on? It was, uh, well, it was brought to you by WTF Productions. I give up. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming on to the podcast on a Sunday night. Officially the most miserable of nights. This show will go out next week, and we'll see you all again very soon. Lots of love. Thank you. (laughs) 